Welcome to Normal for Norway. I'm Seamus. And I'm Indigo. This is the podcast where each episode we dissect one weird thing about Norway. So sit back, relax, and drill, baby, drill. <laughs> Which reminds me of drill music. Drill music? Do you know about drill music? No. Well, it's basically a genre of music in the UK, and at some point they were trying to ban it because it was associated with, like, gang violence. Oh, God. Well, I mean, like, but of course... Was it good, though? <laughs> I don't actually know. I haven't listened to that much drill. <laughs> I just drill for oil. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's why we're here today. Yeah. With our wine and our cocktails. Is yours wine? Mine is a delicious glass of crude oil. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to immerse myself in the topic. That's disgusting. Last episode, well, not last episode, but one of our last episodes, we had pure ethanol on tap. This episode, we have yeah, crude oil on tap. True. And we've been getting, I know, to all our viciously violent fans out there, we've been getting a lot of hate mail about having not recorded a podcast episode in a while. So we apologize. Do we have an excuse? We've had a lot to do. When was our last episode actually coming? It was before the summer. So our first excuse was we were in different countries. Yeah. We were busy. We were soaking up the sun, etc. Yeah. And then society reopened and we've been back to back busy. Mm -hmm. So I would say I've had plans almost every night for the last three months. Yeah, exactly. Oftentimes two, three, four places to be. (laughs) this is it but yeah this week we're gonna talk about this is our last like episode in this series yeah yeah i think so so yeah that seems fair and then we're gonna talk yeah we're gonna talk about oil which of course is very important to norway um and is deeply entrenched in its economy its society its history everything so we're gonna like talk about so we're gonna talk about or what was like topic number one? It was going to be oh well, yeah, just some like stat maths and stats. Yeah, I want to start with some fast facts about oil in Norway. Yeah, and then we're going to talk about the history of the oil in Norway and like how they found it and all that. We also want to talk a bit about like what is oil because we've been doing some research <laughs> and finding some crazy facts. Like it's not made from dinosaurs. Stay tuned. <laughs> literally and then we were going to talk about what was the next thing how does it affect Norwegian life oh yeah how much do we relate to this on a day-to-day basis but that will be for part two yeah and then final part the future of oil in Norway does it have a future maybe yeah good question and they're going to be yeah and actually it's very topical because COP26 is happening right now right it's happening as we speak actually like I maybe they've even signed the agreement now it's been touch and go for the last three hours yeah so yeah, maybe it's good that we do that then in part two, because then we can check in <laughs> and we will report back on what the future of oil yeah, in Norway is. We can tell you. So let me start with some fast facts before you dig into the history. Um, okay. So oil was discovered in Norway in 1959 and you'll get much more into the history, but yes, the first discovery was 1959. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently the, the day before Christmas. Huh. <laughs> like the 24th. I think so. What oh, a great cute. gift. Mm. Um, the current government is a pro searching for more oil, but also trying to fight climate change. Paradoxically, another thing that we will get into. I a little love bit that later. you can do that nowadays. <laughs> I'm going to continue drilling for oil, but also stop global warming. Exactly. Um, and then a quote from a great foreign policy article that I was reading, which is actually from 2018, but, um, it says that Norway is almost entirely run on hydropower which meets about 95% of the country's energy needs. And and then this I did note, new buildings larger than 500 square meters uh, are re- required to get 60% of their energy from a renewable source. Right. So that's kind of interesting, like in terms of what energy sources Norway actually itself uses. Uh-huh. And then I was really curious about um, how much oil Norway actually exports, because obviously it's a huge part of the uh, yeah wealth and economy of Norway, but... Compared to other oil exporting countries, I was right. really curious. And so um, Norway is in the top 10, um, but it's really far behind the uh, the other countries in the top 10. So like the number yeah. one country is Saudi Arabia and the amount is 8.9 million, I guess, barrels per day. Yeah. Um, 
then it's Russia, United Arab Emirates, Iran, Kuwait, Nigeria. But like, even if you go to Russia, it drops from 8.9 in Saudi Arabia to 5.4. And so as we go down the list, etc. European Union 2.2 is number seven. Number eight is Venezuela with 2.18. And then Norway is 2.15. But in terms of per capita. Yeah. Um, per capita... I haven't looked out, but I'm sure yeah, no, that is a good point. Well, yeah, because I remember this article came up that was like, colleagues at Norwegian broadcaster NRK have calculated the emissions Norway's gas and oil industry export. Um, it makes them the fourth largest per capita carbon polluter in the world. Mm. So they're only wor- the only places that are worse than Norway in terms of like historical um, exported emissions is... Kuwait, Brunei, and Qatar. Mm. So it's like a Gulf state, basically. But Our own little Gulf state, minus the good weather. <laughs> but with the delicious oil. But, <laughs> the th- and, but I suppose the thing that people say now, or like in current like green thinking, is that you're not, you don't really look at what the country produces or like, uh, yeah, you don't look at like what they produce themselves and what they export. Okay. You look at what they consume. It's kind of like pointless of like, right. if we, for example, consume like loads of goods from China, it's not fair that China would bear the brunt of all of that, like those emissions. Yeah. But I feel like we're going to get into this more later, but the, when it comes to energy, there are also some good arguments combating that yeah of course but we can get we can get well yeah because if you stop making it then it becomes more expensive it's kind of like the argument in ireland it's like ireland for example produces loads and loads and loads of beef Mm. so like our per capita like cows per capita (laughs) one of the oldest metrics in economic (laughs) research cows per capita um is like crazy high and like we're like i think the way higher than like any other country in europe and of course cows are really bad for the environment because they emit loads of methane Mm. but then the argument or the counter argument is like well we're not eating all that beef so it's like someone is eating it and so Mm. therefore they like the countries where they consume the beef should take that like those emissions but if we stop producing it so much, it would become more expensive and people would probably eat less of it. So it's kind of like hard to know. But there's also the argument, and then I'll get back to my last fact, fa- fast fact. But the other argument about like, basically, I guess if you want to call it third world countries, you know, using more oil than developed countries, again, so-called, yeah. is that um, it's kind of like punishing them for not getting in fast enough. Because oh, right. all of yeah, the yeah. kind of like developed countries already went through their industrial revolution like consumed loads mm. of energy polluted the world massively and then they're like turning around and saying oh but you don't get to do that and so yeah, a lot yeah. of people are kind of like well oh it's like the same with forestation it's like mm. well we've already cut down all our forests <laughs> so like we're not gonna repack. we're done with that <laughs> yeah literally and it's like but brazil stop cutting them out obviously i mean they should stop cutting them down but it, i do find that a bit like rich it's like in Ireland, people are like so against like, oh my God, the rainforest is burning. It's like, well, we chopped that down like hundreds of years ago and now there's like polluting cows on those fields. <laughs> so like we could get rid of the cows. Kill and- a cow, <laughs> plant a tree. <laughs> Literally. Okay, last fact. Um, I wanted to know where Norway is sending the oil. Yeah. Um, and so this is a, maybe a little bit misleading because this only tells you the first delivery point. Mm. But number one was... And I was surprised by this. China, um, okay. 15.5%. Then Denmark. Hmm. But, uh, oh, wait. Sorry, I'm just reading. No, I'm sorry. The top was actually United Kingdom, 20% Well, to United Kingdom. Well, because this is the thing. So uh, Is Norway responsible for the United Kingdom's energy crisis? <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> Probably. Maybe. I saw that the, like, because they've just opened up an interconnector between the UK and Norway for the first time, like an energy, uh, electricity interconnector, mm. which is part of the reason why electricity is more expensive now oh my God. in Norway. Fuck because basically energy apparently will, if you have an interconnector. That makes me so mad, actually. My friend, shout out to Anna, works in electricity stuff. Mm. She, electricity stuff. She's an electrician, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and but apparently if you open an interconnector like it will the energy will always flow from the place where the energy is less expensive to the place where it's more expensive so basically when they opened up that interconnector it was always going to be that the electricity would go from norway to britain 
And like sometimes it will that? switch like in the middle of the night or something when something weird happens. But in general, it's always going that way. Well, I think it's just like we need to integrate energy markets better because, and also it's probably good because Norwegian energy is is renewable and there's like an excess of it. So then why mm. not send it to the UK? Anyway, mm. but now our heating bills are more expensive. Yeah, it's been a whole thing. We're freezing. <laughs> we're literally shivering right now. No, we're not. <laughs> we're recording this actually in our new recording studio, which is Indigo's <laughs> a bed. creaky bed. I thought Indigo was trying to seduce me. She like invited me into the recording studio and she's lying down in a bed. I'm thinking, what kind of podcast is this? <laughs> what are we going to be recording? Um, no, but yeah, part of maybe, I don't know how they report these numbers, but for example, I know that it's really difficult to, so like you have the offshore platforms in Norway and mm. then they, normally what you would have is a pipeline coming onto the shore that then you refine it onshore. Okay. But in Norway, they refine it out at sea because apparently it's like the way that the Norwegian coast is formed is like it's super steep and goes... So it's a kind of like you have like land, 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 and then it's like all of a sudden super deep. And so to get a pipeline to come onto the shore and go up that is like not useful. Mm. So then... Because apparently in places like England or like Scotland and stuff, it's much more of a gradual like... Okay, like mm. the coast goes down and down and down and gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And so then you can like build a pipeline, whereas like they have to refine it out at the platforms. Is that what they're doing on the platforms? Well, they're drilling, but also refining, I think. I mean, I mean whatever they refine into my delicious glass of crude oil is fabulous, I must say. <laughs> I'm getting hints of kerosene. <laughs> Plankton. My teeth are just like completely black <laughs> with oil. That's why there's no video of this podcast. <laughs> that brings me to my next point. And before we get into the history of oil in Norway, yeah. let's talk about the history of oil. What, okay. What, what how is, is it oil? What is it's it? It's dinosaurs. It's not dinosaurs. Yeah, this is the interesting thing. It became, it came before dinosaurs. Crazy. Or like the, so the living, because as we know, oil and gas is made from like... Organic matter. Yeah, like old things. Oh <laughs> old live Antiques. <laughs> Right? <laughs> this is what we found in our research. It's not dinosaurs. It's actually made from really, really old tables and chairs and chandeliers. Antiques Roadshow is making a killing. Yeah. No, so it's made from like old living things, but those living things lived even before the dinosaurs. Yeah. But does that mean that the dinosaurs will eventually become oil? Yes, I think so. So maybe they're like I in they're like in the pre pre oil phase I right now. I think it's just like any kind of um, organic materials. Well, what I was saying was like oil and gas is mostly plankton, and so things that lived in yeah. in ocean and algae and bacteria. Yeah, yeah. So they were living in an ocean, and then coal is old forests. Mm -hmm. What do you think will be? Dense. What do you think humans will turn into in like hundred, hundreds become, of millions of years? What kind think, of energy do you want to be? I want to be, I want to turn into like alcohol, <laughs> <laughs> like bioethanol. <laughs> and then like someone will drink me and get like completely oh. wasted and be like, what? I love that. I was going to say, yeah. I want to like heat a hot spring or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why is the hot spring? No, because a hot spring is formed when it goes down into the earth. No, but I'm saying I want to like heat the hot you spring. You want to heat a hot tub? No, a hot spring. But a hot, anyway, so the plankton, <laughs> what happens? How dare you cut me off? <laughs> okay no i'm explaining this oh my god okay i mean i'm chemically trained but you're historically trained okay fine you go <laughs> this is history it's very very old okay this is far beyond my scope actually so yes as you said dead plankton also algae also bacteria sink to the bottom of the ocean if we're talking about oil which we are hmm. and they basically just get covered in sediment and whatever and um then you just get buried and then more buried and more buried. And then they kind of get like pressed down into the core in, towards the core of the earth. And so that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. That part, I don't fully understand. I have to say if there but, any geologist, I actually know a geologist living in Norway, so we can get onto him. So do I, my <gasps> uncle-in-law is an oh, actually yeah. quite famous geologist. Okay. Well we can ask him. I won't name him cause he'll probably be embarrassed. Should I like, call him up right now? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, you don't know me, but, <laughs> um, yeah, he's probably gonna be embarrassed if he hears this. He'll be like, Oh, 
so dumb. But yeah, it gets buried. But I mean, this literally takes like hundreds of millions of years. Yeah. And it, it. Oh yeah, didn't it? Didn't we say it was one hundred million years it takes to do more? Yeah. So crazy. Yeah, and so um, it, the temperature increases as it gets closer to the interior of the Earth. The pressure, the temperature, blah blah. And so you, uh, if it's a little bit cooler, like on the cooler side, it's oil. If it gets hotter, it's um, gas. Um, Your gas. Thank you. So that, yeah, then you drill for it and uh, you have beautiful, delicious Yeah, oil. because I, and I was trying to look up like what was going on. Because obviously Norwegian oil is in the North Sea. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, what is, what was that? Like, but I think it was just like an ocean kind of like the same as it is now, but just like a bit different. But then like there was all this stuff of like, and then these rocks were like, because I think it's basically, it forms almost into a sed- sedim- sedimentary rock. Mm-hmm. which is a rock formed from like things mm-hmm. old dead things that are squished down yeah. and then that sedimentary rock like gets shoved down into the earth and then it gets really hot and under pressure mm-hmm. but doesn't turn into a diamond mm. and then oh I want to be a diamond I changed my mind okay. <laughs> no but we're we're turning into fossil fuels on this uh, episode okay yeah. Uh, yeah so that's how we form oil so um, that's why it's not renewable, babes, because it's going to take like 100 million more years. No, well, I think, well, the thing is, if you think about it, it's basically those plants, because they're plants, right? And so they were trapping carbon out of the atmosphere like 100 million years ago. Yeah. And then that carbon has now then been sequestered down into the earth and it's like happily living there. And the, so therefore that carbon dioxide is like not in the atmosphere. Mm. But then obviously if we start like pumping that up out of the earth and yep. burning it, then we're re-releasing this like hundred million year old carbon into the air. So bad. Which then is making the earth hot and not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it sounds great, but it's not. It's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now we can jump ahead like <laughs> millions of years. Yeah. Okay. So then basically they were like, they didn't think that there was any oil in... The North Sea. Mm. Everyone was like, no, you're crazy if you think that. Like, what the hell? And then, so actually, I was reading, what happened was, one of these, like, there's, like, a company called Philips, which is, like, a not the, like, Dutch Philips, I'm assuming, even though it was actually connected with Netherlands. Because, you know, Philips is Dutch. Like, where you get your razors and stuff. I didn't know that. You didn't know Philips was Dutch? No. Oh, okay. Well, they are. They're from Eindhoven. Um, but some, some like Texas guy was in the Netherlands mm. near Groningen. I love that pronunciation. Yeah. Their G in Dutch is. <laughs> yeah. Like here to builders. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, wait, this looks like this formation that we have in Texas. Oh, maybe there's oil here. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so then he was like, okay, right. Let's like find out if there's oil. And then they found yeah, they basically like did some research and they found that there was oil in Groningen, mm. and no one had a, like a like tried to dig for oil in Norway yet. It was just like unheard of. So then they started to investigate. Yeah, so it says like Netherlands in October 1962, Philips Petroleum sent sent an application to the Norwegian authorities for exploration in the North Sea because they were like, okay, well if it's in the Netherlands, which is the North Sea, maybe it's also in Norway. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wanted basically a license for part of the North Sea that were on Norwegian territory and that would be included on the Norwegian shelf. And then the offer was like $160,000 per month. Um, and I, I think the Norwegians were like, no, like they were kind of like, because the Norwegians from the very beginning, like they knew that they didn't know anything about oil and gas, but they were like, they really wanted to like learn or whatever. But they didn't want to, like, make... They didn't want to give any exclusive rights to, like, any other companies. They wanted to, like, keep it in their own kind of um, clutches. Keep it in the family. Which turned out to be very, very savvy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then in May 1963... So that was in 1962. In 1963, Einhard Gerhardsen's government, who I'm presuming is was the prime minister yes, at the time, yeah. he proclaimed sovereignty over the North seashelf or whatever um and it would basically there was like new legislation that was like the state should own any natural resources there and only the king Mm. or the government is authorized to award licenses for exploration and production and then they started doing some exploratory preparation and they started doing some seismic surveys and not drilling 
So they're kind of like starting to, but did you say they found it in 1959 or was that in Kronigan? Um, I thought that was... Oh yeah, no, it says the discovery of gas at Kronigan in 1959 caused people to revise their thinking on the petroleum potential of the North Sea. So that's like, okay, so things are getting started. They're thinking, okay, maybe there's some oil. It's starting to kick off. Then mm. this really hilarious thing happened, which was the Volvo deal. Have you heard about this? No. Okay, so um, Volvo were basically like, right, uh, they were in trouble somehow. They needed like a load of cash. Um to for like the next they needed to basically build like loads of cars and they didn't have like the cash flow so they wanted to like come to norway and ask like norway to like invest in their company so they're like okay like we'll sell you 40 percent of volvo oh okay um but you need to give us all this money and then norway were like we don't have any money (laughs) 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 we're broke basically um and then they were like okay but but we have this oil that we've just started to find. So they had this like, ooh, Sabatik oil field located in the North Sea. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. And they were like, we'll give you 10% of this oil field if you give us the 40% of your company. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Swedes were basically like, no. Oh my God. Um, but this is actually, sorry, I'm just like reading the dates. Is This is actually a bit later. Yeah, sorry, I need to fact check myself. It wasn't 1959, it was 1969 that the Echo Fisk. Yeah, yeah, it was 1959 that they found any oil in the North Sea right. and 1969. I don't know what I'm writing down here. <laughs> this was... This crude oil is strong. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm bringing shame upon the profession of historians. Sorry. Truly. Yeah, so then the Nor- that basically Sweden said, or like Volvo said, no, we don't want your oil. We don't believe that there's yeah, going to actually be Yeah, we don't want your there. claim. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, the Norwegians were like, fine. I think like some people did vote for it, but it needed a 66% vote. It needed 66% majority. So 60% of Volvo did vote to say, yes, we want this oh. oil in return for the company. Um, and the reason also that Norway wanted this was that Norway was super like under industrialized and they wanted Sweden to develop a new model that would be built in Norway. Mm. So like Volvo would have to like invest money and like build factories and stuff to build, um, to build like a new model of car in Norway. Um, and apparently they had to change 21 laws in order for this to happen. Anyway, the Swedes were like, no. So Volvo said no. Then like a few years later... The Ulsabadic oil field struck gold um, and actually it became like one of the biggest oil fields that they ever had. And it made 350 million cubic meters of oil, the equivalent of 2.3 billion barrels. Yes. Just wow. from one location. So uh, apparently, the, uh, although fluctuating oil prices make things hard to calculate, that is somewhere in the vicinity of 142 to $200 billion worth of oil. And for context, there's such a sad end to this story. Oh, no. So basically, then Ford buys Alvo, Volvo, tries to save it for like a load of... Like, yeah, Volvo sold off the car division to Ford for $6.5 billion in 1999. Ford like couldn't get Volvo to like turn around and start being profitable. And then Volvo ended up being sold to a Chinese company for $1.5 billion in 2010. Mm. So if only they'd said yes to the delicious... Tragic. ...Ulsabadic oil field, they might not be, you know, in the position they are today. I feel like this is a good time to interject a little side note about Norway before oil. Yeah. So yesterday when I was trying to interrogate Sigurd, as I do for these podcasts... Yeah. I was like, what do we need to know? What do we need to talk about? And... um. He was like, well, Norway was not poor no, before so, oil. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, okay, record scratch, what? Mm. Because literally every joke about Norway is like how Norway is the little brother of Denmark and Sweden. Norway used to be like super hick and like poor and sad. And all the Norwegians left Norway to go to America because they were all poor and sad yeah, and yeah, hungry. Yeah. Sorry, Norway. I'm just... Oh, no. I mean, that, that is actually true. So the only other country that even comes close to having the same amount of um like emigration to yes. the US as Ireland is Norway. Yeah. When you look at it as like as percentage of like percentage of Norwegian Americans mm-hmm. or Irish Americans living in the US. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was 1.5% of the population left the country, this says. 
Um, I'm reading from... Whereas, like, in Ireland, it was, like, 50 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I but mean, like as in they were, like, the, then the next. Exactly. The next highest. Um, but that said, Norway was actually doing quite well. Um, so there oh, was, yeah. There was a boom from 1843 to 1875. I'm reading from eh.net. Thank you. Right. Um, on the economic history of Norway. Um, but basically, Norway had a lot of growth um, in the 1800s. And this was mo mainly due to, um, agriculture and the success of the foreign sector. And right. so there was like livestock, there was timber, there was fish, there was maritime, like there was shipbuilding, there was sailors. Like it was just, Norway was killing it, honestly. Oh yeah. Like, so I looked up, um, GDP per capita, mm. uh, in the, U in the United Kingdom versus Norway. Mm. And like they, Norway have been richer than the United Kingdom since before the oil. So like if you look at oh, like yeah. back in the 60s even, yeah, uh, Norway was richer than the UK even then. And obviously you would never classify the UK as like a poor country. Right, Obviously exactly. it was poor yeah. in the 60s, but it's not like Norway was like some kind of like developing nation where like, you know, things were really bad. They probably were before, like earlier to this, but by the time... Bef like by the time like in the 50s and the 60s like just before they found the oil they were grand slightly poorer than sweden and denmark but sweden and denmark were i think quite rich yeah, yeah. and and then this also just brings me to like a slight i don't know side note about something that people say about norway which is like oh the only reason you can have a welfare state is because of oil now obviously the like economic benefits of oil and actually the investments from oil, which we're going to talk about in part two, yeah. clearly like are very important. Yeah. But I just want to add that, um, that history like starts well before, well before oil was discovered in yeah, terms yeah. of the political parties and like particularly the kind of health and I don't know, general like citizens wellness, um, in Norway. But going back to, uh, yeah, going back to the like economy and kind of post 1800s, there was, uh, the depression, um, and Norway has been hit and also like was hit. So both in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and of course, 2008, Norway has been affected. Um, but relatively speaking, things have gone pretty okay. And I mean, there was this emigration, uh, which it was because the GDP did stagnate. Yeah. Um, but leading up to the discovery of oil, Norway was doing quite well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a, I think it's kind of an excuse like, Oh, we were so poor. And so we had to start drilling for all the oil. It's like, of course you're going to do it, but also don't lie about how bad is the situation you're in before you started doing it. It's like things weren't that bad. As far as we can tell from our deep and detailed research. One hour of research. That we did. No, but I think it also, it's also like it flips the other way as well where, um, you know, there's kind of a narrative about Norway like, oh, well, they would never have done this well without oil. And that's also not true. Yeah. Maybe, like Norway well, could, I mean, not, maybe this, not well, this well, but, well, but yeah, yeah. it would we wouldn't be living in like a hovel. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because so this like there's there's something on like basically like government.no. So like the Norwegian government's website is called like it's called Norway's oil and history in five minutes. Mm. And this was the extent of my research. No, <laughs> but like at the end, in the end, there's a paragraph that just says, um, which is, yeah, petroleum activities had contributed significantly to economic growth in Norway and to the financing of the Norwegian welfare state. Petroleum activities had contributed significantly to economic growth in Norway and to the... Oh, wait, they just say it twice, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like, it's funny that there's like almost like this propaganda on the government <laughs> website of like, you wouldn't have your handouts if it wasn't for the oil, so be think twice before you like don't vote for us because right. we keep drilling for it. Which is like, yeah, kind of gas. But yeah, okay, so then, so back to the history. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, I was thinking it could be kind of interesting to talk about what was there before oil. Because mm. we were talking about this a bit, and both Indigo and I have a love for Moby Dick. <laughs> that great book. Sorry, what are you laughing at? Just 
the way you said Moby Dick. <laughs> um, oh yeah, wait, let me take this moment to plug my forthcoming yes. podcast where I'm going to read Moby Dick out loud in my dulcet tones Yeah, with a soundtrack by my brother. Aiden. Yes. Who does who does our music that we have on this podcast? Exactly. And he's gonna do like an ambient kind of soundtrack to me reading Moby Dick. Yeah. Um it hasn't come out yet. It's gonna be called I think it's gonna be called Liminal Space. I'm not totally sure. Anyway. Nice. Yeah, it's gonna help you guys fall asleep. Anyway, continuing. Yeah, because I, I basically always use Moby Dick as like my falling asleep um kind of soothing yeah it's like i remember like some one time someone posting on their instagram story like does anyone have any tips for like falling asleep i just kind of get to sleep and i was like okay random one but i downloaded the audiobook of moby dick and i listened to it and it there's just something about it it just transports you to another place and it's kind of like they're all on this ship and they're yeah for those of you who don't know it's kind of like it's a story but it's also a very detailed account of like the whaling industry at the time it's a historical document really. yeah, yeah yeah and he like there'll be like a, an entire chapter where he's just talking about like some very specific part of how whaling worked in like the mid 1800s mm. but basically whale oil used to be how they lit their homes so like every like every lamp um like street lamp I think like I was reading like London had 5,000 street lamps and those would all have been um powered by whale oil all of the like lamps and people's like homes and stuff were powered by whale oil and there's like this great quote in uh, Moby Dick where he's talking about like the dangers of whale oil or not whale oil of like whaling and mm-hmm. how every single ship that like they would ever like when they're on their ship Ishmael every ship that they ever met would have someone that died or multiple people that died Mm -hmm. and those people probably didn't like their deaths were never registered it was just sort of like and they died which actually sidebar is another have you read about these like shady things of like apparently kind of similar stuff happens sometimes on cruise ships now because these cruise ships are like registered in really random countries that have nothing to do with anything and then someone goes and works on it and then they like fall overboard quote unquote and are just like disappeared and never seen again and then it's like nothing really ever happens like these people are kind of just like their murders are like never they could be murders or it could be suicides or whatever it is but they're never like properly investigated because it's like i don't know that like the boat is registered right. in mongolia and mongolia doesn't mongolia. really have the Sorry, resources to a like boat registered yeah, yeah. In mongolia. mongolia has one of like on paper like one of the biggest navies <laughs> in the world because so many boats are registered. this actually there. ties into our conversation earlier about the perfect murder <laughs> Yeah, go anyway. on a cruise ship. Go on a cruise ship. <laughs> Travel back in time to the 1800s <laughs> and go on a whaling boat from Nantucket with Ishmael. Um, Sorry, one other interesting thing that whale oil or blubber uh, wax. It's There's so many different terms for the like solids of it, but anyway. Yeah. It was used to prevent trench foot during World War One. Really? Yeah, they would like rub soldiers' feet with it and then... Because, you know, they were always, like, damp yeah, yeah, yeah. and rotting flesh and whatever. Right. Um, yeah, the English were using that for their soldiers. Oh, interesting. But, yeah, yeah, so whale oil. And, yeah, he's basically talking about how, like, next time you light up your lamp, think that, like, more than a few drops of blood has been spilled for that, like, illumination in your house or whatever. Mm. And, like, it was crazy massive industry, like, all this. Like, they nearly basically extincted all whales. Yeah. Going around killing them. And I'm pretty sure the main use, right, was lighting. Yeah, it was. And lubrication. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry, every time I say something, I, like, give Indigo a real look and then force her to laugh. And then I get to, like, act as if she's really (laughs) immature for laughing about Moby Dick and elimination. Okay, my computer's gonna die, so you're just gonna have to be the source of actual yeah, facts that's on fine. the ground. Well, we can share this, like, one. Um, but, okay, so one, I don't know what you want to call it, philosophical thought I yeah. had about whale oil and oil, which I was uh, telling you earlier, was just that, like, similar to oil today, whale oil, once it was discovered and kind of, like, mined or whatever, <laughs> it just... No, Stop but, like... mining my head! Oh, <laughs> But it was like once they had access to it and then more and more access, it's kind of like the need grew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once the need grew, the like industry grew. And it literally just extinguished itself. Like, yeah, it's as you said, there was just eventually there was like no more whales to be had. 
And I feel like it's the same with oil now where it's like people are saying, oh, well, we can't get rid of oil because, you know, we need it for all these things. But it's like we need it for this stuff because we have it. We have yeah, access yeah, yeah. to it. Like the need creates or it's like the, the access to it creates the need and vice versa. And it kind of just continues yeah. this vicious cycle. And once the whale oil disappeared, like we had to find a new Well, this is the thing. thing. So luckily, in some ways, you could say luckily for the whales, they found oil, oil. Like crude oil. But the whales were fully disappearing. Oh. Like there were not that many whales to be had. And the, the price of like... I thought you were going to say the whales were... <laughs> <laughs> they were. No, they were. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like there were so few whales compared to when they started mm. that I think even like the effort that was that you had to put into whaling yeah, and yeah, getting yeah, like yeah, one yeah, whale yeah. was just getting ridiculous. One whale. One measly little whale. I don't yeah. even... um. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me in terms of like the over whaling or fishing or whatever you want to call it, but well, basically, apparently, it it kind of came or like whaling was officially commercial whaling was officially banned in like 1986, where people got together and like made like there was like a a kind of a treaty on like stopping to kill whales. I think right. people the, some places are still doing whaling, but like most of it isn't. But the well, this is the interesting thing. It's almost like. So they probably would have extincted all mm. the whales fully, but they found the oil. And so once mm. all, the once the crude oil came, they were like, oh, grand. Okay, we don't really need to do whaling that much. Or it just, it became like not profitable, like you say. to right. do To do, because obviously when you think about it, like going out and killing a whale, extracting the fucking... It's a lot of work. Yeah. Well, lot... but also drilling for oil is a lot of work. Also, um, side note, I'm taking all of my half-assed information from the recesses of my brain uh, from the book that I read, In the Heart of the Sea, The Tragedy of the Whale Ship Essex. Oh, yeah. Which is by Nathaniel Philbrick. Oh. was made into a movie. Um, but it's an excellent historical I, nonfiction book. Is that where the whale, like, kills... Yeah, it's 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 the real it's the real life counterpart to Moby Dick. Yes, and I really recommend it. It's super good. Um, I'm sorry, was Moby Dick based on that? Yeah, it was. It was yeah. partly based on that actual like okay. encounter with a whale. And apologies to Nathaniel Philbrick for my butchering of his <laughs> excellent historical research. He's definitely listening to our pod <laughs> and is seething. <laughs> if he is, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whaling, we love the topic, hate the concept. Yeah, yeah, absolutely hate the concept. But like, but the thing is, the whales are coming back. And that's the fabulous thing. Like, whale, yeah. apparently whale populations are are actually doing pretty well. Because mm. no one's no one needs their oil anymore. Because now we have this other oil, which, you know, it has its own problems. But it tastes absolutely <laughs> delicious. <laughs> Grand. Okay. So then, continuing with the history. And actually... I wanted to get onto this a bit because even though we've talked about, okay, look, Norway has such a crazy high, like per capita emission, whatever, actually the UK has drilled more oil in the North Sea than Norway mm. on a total basis. So like they, when you look at the North Sea, there's like all of these, they, there's a good map on Wikipedia. If you search like North Sea oil, they have like a map of basically the island of Britain Norway, Scandinavia, and then in the middle they've mapped out like where all the different fields are, and it it tends to be the oil, the gas is in the south, mm. down near Netherlands, and then the oil is like near the north. And apparently the oil is what you want. Gas is like cheap. No one wants the gas. People want oil, and this is part of, actually part of the reason why Volvo didn't vote. They were like, well, you know, there might not be anything there, and if there is anything, it's probably gas, and like no one wants gas. So rude. I know, right? But. Yeah, so I think this is, yeah, UK and Norway oil and gas production since, since 1971. The UK has produced 42.8 billion barrels and Norway has produced 40, 40 billion. So mm. the UK has actually extracted more oil from the North Sea than Norway. But they have not invested their money wisely. No, that's the thing. So, well, there's two, there's two reasons why the UK hasn't, or in my tiny brain that I'm like, summarizing two reasons why the uk didn't do as well from the oil as norway did number one is they didn't actually make as much money per like barrel as mm. norway so because they only taxed you like they basically allowed any company to just go and drill and then they would just tax the revenues mm. whereas norway said no we're gonna there's like laws that every, every oil field has to have a certain percentage of state yeah uh, like involvement in the thing so obviously 
Stato oil or Aquanor. I kind of hate using the term Aquanor because I think it's such a greenwash is, thing yeah. of like Equinor. Also, though, it sounds like it has to do with horses. <laughs> right. And I've never been able to get over that. Oh my god, do you remember Harry Potter? Yeah, Echoes. The play yeah, that the guy was in. He was in, the was naked, in. Was in naked in the horse yeah. play. Yeah. And yeah. that's what the Norwegian state has now invested in. <laughs> Literally. That's where the most yeah. of our money comes so from. So I think we should just keep calling it Stad Oil. Well, for, yeah. you know, for the purposes of this podcast, we can call it Stad Oil. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's still 99% of their revenue is still oil and gas. Yeah. And then 1% is whatever renewables. And of course, they're investing in that. But yeah, so if you look, okay, for example, this is a billion US dollars uh, per, like, so the UK basically made 470 billion US dollars from the oil. Uh, Norway made 800, 805. So more, both in terms of the taxes, they tax it more highly. But then they also made another 352 on state direct financial interest. So they had dividends in all these companies. So they were actually making money off it. And then they also had like an extra 40 in stat oil dividends. So like not only did they kind of make more money from it because... And, it, and you can't really make the argument like, oh, well, in the UK it was easier... Or like in Norway it was easier to extract the oil. So they had to make it more kind of... Uh, or e like they had to basically make it more attractive in the uk it's the same oil fields like they're just yeah. sharing a space so they could have probably done what the norway does uh, but then the second thing is that they yeah they invested it all whereas i think in the 80s in the uk which is when they found most of the oil they just kind of i was reading during like some kind of economic crash in is it aberdeen is the capital of oil in scotland don't know inverness one of those they're just naming but anyway there was like this graffiti off that was like we could have been rich but we pushed it up against the wall <laughs> which is kind of true it's like basically what they did was they took that money and just gave tax reliefs and rather than investing it but we're going to get on to the investment fund yeah, in yeah. the next episode I've got lots of info on that yeah um, and it's kind of sad that, because actually yeah. apparently in the Scottish like in Scottish politics there was a lot of push for like we shouldn't like waste this money on like kind oh, of another argument for leaving the United Scottish Kingdom. independence yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like one of the you're gonna like if you go onto our website we're gonna have a manifesto <laughs> <laughs> bullet point number nine we are deeply committed to Scottish independence <laughs> Yeah. We are. Uh, yeah, so they basically had as much oil as Norway and kind of squandered it, which is a shame. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Um, T I want you to tell me about the pioneers. Yeah. The okay. divers. Because actually, and I didn't tell you this already, My one of my first movies, I think actually the first movie I saw yeah. in Norwegian cinemas in Norwegian was Pioneer. Right. Which is a great movie about these divers um, but I was like kind of clueless and didn't know that this was actually kind of like based on a true story. Yeah. yeah but it yeah. is very dramatic. And if anyone out there feels like watching a Norwegian language film, I can recommend it. Yeah. So basically when they first found the oil or like started to discover the oil, they called it the pioneer period, which was like in the early sixties. Um, no, the early seventies. What did you just say? They found oil in 69. 69. Yeah. 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 Um, they basically had to use these divers who would go down in a bell jar. <laughs> you know, like that yeah, like old that's crazy. school like yeah. bell jar type thing. And they would go down something like 400 meters down into the sea. Um, well, yeah, because wasn't the record like 500? Something crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They would go very, very far down into the sea. And then they would ha they would basically be kind of... I don't know, doing some stuff down there. I actually was searching this, like, what were the North Sea divers doing down <laughs> what there? What were they doing? But also, and they were, like, breathing all these weird gases. Yeah, well, so basically, apparently when you got down to that level of pressure, the mm -hmm. air becomes, like, thick because oh. it's under so much pressure that he said that, like, you could feel the air, like, run through your fingers. Like, it was kind of almost, oh, like, liquid. So then what they would do is they would mix the air with helium. And so then they would be, like, inhaling helium mixed with air and they would sound like... Donald Duck was the example that they gave. But oh. does Donald Duck have a high... Look at Donald Duck again! <laughs> Point number Jeez. four on the manifesto is we hate Donald Duck oh and we my do God. not want to hear him. Why can we not escape Donald Duck? Every single episode there's like a new 
Donald Duck reference. I know. Actually, I'm going to take this moment to um, read a comment from one of our listeners. Yeah. This is from June 20th right. from Nina. What do you have against Donald Duck? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> By the way, Donald Duck is very different in Norway to US. Totally different story, lore, style, etc. And I actually found this helpful because we were complaining about this and this yeah. gave you more background. Donald Duck's appeal lies in the fact that he isn't perfect, that his life sucks. He keeps on getting fired from one shitty job after another. His girlfriend cannot decide whether to date him or his more Minnie. Well- uh no Minnie's not his oh wait who's Minnie is Minnie his no 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 honestly the eternal girl... struggle of this podcast girl... is trying to understand Donald. who is Donald Duck okay his girlfriend can't decide whether to date him or his more wealthy cousin he's a blowhard who loses his temper kind of like us he is the ultimate anti-hero Nina posits I think in the U.S. the stories are much more centered around adventure and Scrooge. Donald's a minor character, which actually makes it a pretty interesting analysis on American versus Norwegian <laughs> culture. Donald Duck in Norway is less sympathetic than Homer Simpson or Michael in The Office, but not as terrible as the main characters of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That actually is a helpful spectrum for me. Most stories are about doing something pretty banal, like planning a party or getting to work where everything goes wrong. Rant over. Donald Duck honestly gets far too much airtime in this and podcast. And then she texted me, I'll listen to the rest of the podcast now. So she wrote me this like five <laughs> paragraph rant. I love that. Thank you so much, Nina. We appreciate you. But also I just realized Minnie Mouse is not Donald Duck. Minnie Duck's is Mickey's Mickey. Wait, did I know? But I, I just said that. You didn't know who I meant. Or a... No, I like, I did not register for a second. And then I was like, oh Daffy yeah. Duck. Oh, Daffy. <laughs> yeah. This is how little I care about these. And actually, we have, we have a surprise guest on this <laughs> week's podcast. Is Daffy Duck? <laughs> An anthropomorphic duck walks into the room and murders both Indigo and Seamus. Okay, <laughs> the divers. Yeah, so I don't really know what they were doing, but they were doing something that was very important for them to actually be able to. Well, get they were the looking oil. for the oil. I don't think they were. Somehow. Yeah, maybe if anyone knows, write in, <laughs> write into our, add a point to the plot, to the manifesto yeah. on the website. Well, because one of these divers was interviewed for this Vice article and he was saying that like they were down there exploring, I don't know. And yeah. then he was like, yeah, we would see like the American oh, yeah, divers yeah, yeah, yeah. also there. And they yeah. would just wave to each other yeah, 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 yeah. on the ocean floor. Can you imagine? Yeah. Just being but on the anyway, ocean But floor. apparently all these people have like PTSD. Yeah. Lung it's problems, yeah. like neurological things from like the pressure. And apparently they were doing like, they, they were doing like almost like experimental treatments or like treating them in a way that like they were, it was like experimental. Like they were kind of like checking out what would happen if they did this or that to them. And they didn't really, these people were like poor people from like rural, like coastal towns or like rural villages in Norway. They didn't really know what was going on. And they've had this huge fight against the Norwegian government to like try and get enough money out of them. Like to get some compensation, they actually took it to the like, is it the European Court of Central of Human Rights in uh, Strasbourg? And they got some compensation, but it was like 7,000 euros each. It was like something really paltry. And like when you look at the amount of money that the Norwegian government is yeah. still yeah. making from oil. It's crazy. Yeah. That you just think like you could throw them a bit of cash like their lives are ruined yeah and it, and actually i also read that 99 of these divers died mm. in like since they've discovered the oil so moby dick is still relevant today not only do you have blood on your hands when you're losing your whale oil but you've also got blood on your hands when you're living in norway drinking a delicious glass <laughs> of crude, crude oil, oil. Uh, well, okay, so to answer the question of what were they actually doing, in the movie Pioneer, they're, um, helping to lay the first petroleum pipe in the North Sea. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these were, like, these divers were key to this entire situation. Like, they were essential, and literally this whole, I don't know, it's like the entire economy of Norway but then like built on their backs. Then they made like a George Clooney made a remake, right? No, the English remake hasn't been made yet. They've oh. been talking about it for ages. Oh, okay. so you have to watch it in Norwegian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's and and actually, then, but I was reading when they were researching that film, the 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 all the like the industry and stuff around it were being like super shady. It oh. was like they didn't stop to try. They didn't try to stop the film, but they were like. They information for requests came back very slowly. When they actually got permission to film in any of the original buildings, 
the price was set so high that they just have to do their own re recreations. Uh, and then it says, like, I had not understood before just how the companies involved were prepared to experiment on these men by putting them in conditions never tried before. It is so sad and bizarre that this case has to go all the way to Strasbourg. Yeah. So. That's terrible. Was that an interview with the director? Uh, Eric mm, Schulberg. This is Martin. Not our Martin. <laughs> I was going to say Martin. <laughs> Another Martin. I don't know. There's, yeah. I think it, this was the. Oh, no. George Clooney actually is to remake the film for British and American audience. And then I think this was the, this is the director of that, that one. Mm. But that was never made, did you say? I don't, no, I don't think it's been made yet. I don't know okay. if there's still plans, but right. anyway. Well, I think we're done. That's kind of your history of um, oil. I think basically they found it in the 70s and then they just absolutely went nuts and started drilling an insane amount. They're still they're still drilling. This year they found yeah. a new Not even this year, like days ago. Uh yeah, so Johann Sverdrup uh is the newest oil field. Oh no, sorry, it came on stream in October 2019 and it expected to increase daily production to 535,000 barrels of oil by mid 2021. So presumably around now that's what it's doing. And then this is on statoil.com. Mm. But weirdly they've spelt it E Q U I N O R. <laughs> They say, with CO2 emissions, only 4% of the world average. It's like, we're not concerned what? about the CO2 emissions of, like, the oil platform. That's like, it. I feel like that is the most misleading thing mm. in the world. It's like, oh, us extracting this oil has really low emissions. It's mm. like, but the oil itself is still going to fill the atmosphere up with CO2, right? Anyway, we're going to, like, probably get a hit taken out in this <laughs> because of this episode. If we don't make it out alive. Yeah. It was... Start oil. <laughs> anyway, we're done. Bye, guys. Happy Saturday. Goodbye. See ya.